Yeah, happy new year. Welcome back to the Andy Social Podcast. My name is Andy Dowling, and yes, 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 2018, here we are. First episode back. I'm pumped. I'm firing on all cylinders, all guns blazing, straight out of the gates. What more can I say? Not much else, but it feels like it's been a million years since the last episode came out, and I'm just really, really psyched for a big year ahead. I did take a little bit of time off in January, a bit of a recharge, stockpiled some episodes for 2018, um, but probably most importantly, I sat back and I tried to work out how the hell am I going to top 2017? Because at least from my biased perspective, 2017 for the Andy Social Podcast was an absolute banger. Um, some stats, if I may. Uh, 53 episodes, 58 guests, 64 plus episodes of me crapping. Well, not just me crapping on, but you know, I had guests on, so I don't know what that equates to. 20 hours of me crapping on, including now. Anyway, uh, guests include some highlights, Leroy Loggins, NBL basketball legend, uh, Rusty Young, the author of Marching Powder and Colombiano, Tony Barber, need I say more, uh, Johnny D, Mike Mills, uh, Matt Moore of Mortal Sin, Willie G, guitar tech of Megadeth, Anthrax, Slayer, etc., etc., Dr. Steve Salisbury, who is a paleontologist, uh, Professor Tamara Davis, who is an astrophysicist, and sorry, Mike Mills of Tohida and Johnny D of Doro, I should clarify. Uh, and the list goes on. There's heaps of people. Um, you can go over to andysocial.net and you can check out what was a big year for the podcast. Lots of guests there. And you can also check out the previous years, 2015, 2016. Yeah, we're getting old. Um, but here I am. I'm standing here now in front of what appears to be the Mount Everest of podcasting. I have this summit that I need to climb to at least achieve what I achieved last year. And I'm confident that I'll be able to surpass it and even, I don't know, just achieve so much more than I did last year. And I'm really, really excited. And just from the first few episodes that I've recorded for this year, I am pumped. I've got some great ones. I'm really, really excited for you guys. And just, yeah, I can't wait for you guys to hear them all. And before I get into it, yes, I'm rambling on, but a couple of quick things before I kick in. So uh, one thing I'm going to do this year, and I'm hopefully I'm going to be able to maintain it for the year, is I want to do a shout out on each and every episode of 2018 for the Antisocial Podcast. There are heaps of you that listen to the podcast and you support the podcast and me personally in a whole range of different ways. You leave reviews on iTunes and on Facebook, um, you you tag the 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 podcasts in places. Fuck, spit it out, Andy. Um, you also, you shout me a beer on paypal.me, you use the Amazon portal, you buy my merch over at andysocial.net, plug, plug, plug. Um, you do all these great things. You leave me messages of encouragement, really positive feedback. You refer me to amazing guests and just do so much that keeps me fueled and motivated to keep pushing forward and now into a new year of the podcast. So, and many of you are musos, you're business owners, you're involved in projects, you're doing really, really good things. So I thought, you know what? I should give you guys a little bit of a shout out, a thank you, and also plug what you're involved with as well. And, um, you know, it's a little thing. It's a little thing to give back and just show my gratitude for, for what you guys do for me. So for the first shout out for 2018 to kick the new year off, um, a big thank you and a big shout out to Mark Randall of Thump Music Australia. Now, Mark is a massive supporter of what I do personally and also the Antisocial Podcast. He leaves reviews for the podcast, not just for the Antisocial Podcast, but for Self Starter. Um, he's all always referring my podcast to other people. He's buying my merch. He's always messaging me with uh, words of encouragement. He really gives me a lot of motivation to keep moving forward. And um, the least I can do, Mark, is just to do a massive thank you for your support. It's just, it means a hell of a lot. And for anyone interested, please check out Thump Music Australia. You can go to, I believe it's thumpmusic.com.au or thumpmusicaustralia.com.au. Um, but Thump Music is a touring company that brings out internationally recognized musicians and holds masterclasses around Australia for music enthusiasts and Australian musos. And um, he's been involved in some great tours in the past. Joe Satriani, Steve Vai, I'm pretty sure Steve Vai as well. Um, but he's been involved in some amazing uh, things in the past. And from what I gather, 2018 is going to be a big year for Thump Music as well. So make sure you go and check it out. Um, he's doing great things in Adelaide and, um, just a big supporter of the podcast. So thank you so much, Mark. And I'm really looking forward to giving more people shout outs and thank yous and plugs throughout the year in the weeks to come. So thank you very much again. Now, here we are. First episode back of 2018. This week's guests are Adam Johansson and Damian Martin, who are the co-directors of Odd Studio. Now, Odd Studio is a special effects studio that specializes in prosthetics, creature creation, and a whole range of different, um, I guess, animation and all sorts of stuff in the uh, movie, um, film and TV world, and just really, really exciting stuff that they do. And they've been around for about 14, 15 years now, and um, 
just two incredible guys. I, I did this uh, episode, recorded it at their studio in Marrickville, which is in the inner suburb of Sydney. And um, I got to catch a quick glimpse of some of their stuff. And it's just absolutely incredible. And I, I'm kicking myself that it didn't take photos when I was in there, but I just felt like such a imposter. I just like, these guys are pros. These guys are just top of their game. And um, I just felt like a I just felt like an imposter walking in there. So I was just, I, I should have taken some photos, damn it. Anyway, um, heaps of photos uh, that I found off their website that are over at andysocial.net. You can go and check out what they do over at oddstudio.com or you can follow them on Instagram, which is oddstudio.pl. Um, and all the links are over at andysocial.net in the show notes as well. But um, these guys have been involved in like amazing stuff. So Star Wars, Mad Max, Alien, just lots of cool stuff, a lot of TV as well, and um, some, I'll, yeah, go, go over to antisocial.net, trust me, or oddstudio.com, and you'll get to see what they're involved with. Now, a couple of quick things. Um, Odd Studio were actually behind two of the video clips for Low, which is a Sydney metal band, um, and uh, those videos are, I believe it was Orca and Locust Christ, I think. Um, I'll put the links in the, in the show notes for antisocial.net as well, but one thing I want to clarify really quickly is that um, Adam and I, in this conversation, were talking about what we believed was a mutual friend in Low, being Adrian, uh, but what, we, what I didn't realize at the time and just didn't think is that there's actually two Adrians in low and he was referring to Adrian Shapiro and I was referring to Adrian Griffin. So we were on different pages, but we, you know, we, we thought we were on the same page at the time. So I just want to clarify, shout out to Adrian Griffin for, uh, I guess, giving me the plug and referring me over to the guys and uh, shout out to Adrian Shapiro who I've never met, but seems like an absolute champ and I'd love to meet him one day. So there you go. All right, guys, um, as I said, andysocial.net, go and check out all of the show notes Reach out to these guys, say hello, let them know what you think, comment on their Instagram because uh, their Instagram is freaking incredible. And um, a massive thank you to both Damien and Adam for giving me their time. All right, guys, I promise these intros in the weeks to come will be much shorter. I just had to get that all out of my system, but here we go. Please enjoy this episode with Damien and Adam of Odd Studio. All right, guys, well, um, we're here in your studio in Marrickville this little hidey hole uh, where I had trouble trying to find the way in. But um, when I walked in the doors far out, this place is absolutely incredible. It's, um, I had to walk past a, a cow disemboweled, hanging over the, the ground here and um, step over a few obstacles to get into the room. But um, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah. You came in the uh, back door, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> we have a front door that's even uh, they're better hidden than the, that door, and uh, this is this where we are now is the showroom. So that's this is what you're meant to have seen first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's okay. I got a bit behind the scenes, literally. Yes. Yeah. yeah on the yeah, way yeah. in. Um, do you guys just want to introduce yourselves? Uh, I'm Damien Martin, um, co-director of Odd Studio, and I'm Adam Johansson, awesome. the other director. The other director. Awesome. Well, thanks to you both for for giving me some time to. Uh, I don't know, just ask a bunch of dumb questions and see where it goes. But um, yeah, and, I've got, and I've got plenty of them as well. Yeah, far away. <laughs> so looking online, I noticed a couple of things. Um, I was going to just note off a couple of the movies that you guys have been a part of, but there's this long, extensive list. And I'll get to all that stuff later on. But the business has been up and running for about 10 or 11 years so far. Uh, 14. Or 14. 14, 14 yeah. Yeah. The, the, the 14 years, um, we've had Odd Studio. Damien and I... Um, freelance artists before that so we've been doing it now for about 23 24 years yeah. yeah so about 10 years before we became odd we were um freelance artists and we met on a show called farscape yep back in 98 which is a great sci-fi show to work on uh met a bunch of uh english technicians and artists that came over from um what was jim henson's creature shop and yeah that's where we met and uh started working on films in between a season of Farscape would go for nine months and then we were lucky enough to jump onto Star Wars films and Matrix films in between that and we were heading up different departments on all those um, shows so yeah we just sort of good working relationship good friends and the same kind of nerdy rubber monster geeks yeah. you know um, we really hit it off was there a moment at was it a gradual sort of progression to get to the point where you thought we need to actually run our own operation? Because I mean, working freelance, it, it has yeah. its pros and its cons. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think we, or for me personally, was was getting uh, jobs in between uh, 
seasons of Farscape and films where I needed to build a studio to do those, like mm. whether they were commercial, mostly commercial work. Um, and so I'd set up a studio and, and, you know, we worked on a few of them together as, and, uh, and then pull it down at the end of it and mm. then go on to the next project. And it just sort of hit a point where it sort of knew that it was worth worth setting something up. Something because, permanent. Yeah, could, yeah, yeah. For all of us, you know, we were starting to, yeah. Start, mm. starting to get those calls and, and needed a, a place needed to do a space it. yeah and and it was also something I've, I've always sort of wanted to have as well it's, it's um you know from being inspired you know by rick rick baker and stan winston and steve johnson and dick smith obviously um just wanting to have a, a shop and and also just sort of taking charge as a freelance artist it was sort of like we felt uh well, i certainly did anyway at the mercy of someone else getting a job uh, relying on that, whereas it sort of felt a bit more like empowering, empowering, and, and yeah. a bit more in control of what we're going to do next. If we were the ones talking to, you know, producers mm. and directors and, and things, and um, you know, you can, as opposed you can to selling, yeah, you can go out and sell, sell mm. your, yeah, your product, your, your product. brand, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, just you mentioned before about having to set up a space to do particular jobs when you're doing the freelance uh, work. Would that be a case that you'd have to like lease out a particular place for a duration of time? Or did you have existing venues that you could utilize? So yeah, I've set up a few spaces over the years. Um, and yeah, it's just sort of subletting a corner of, yeah. of someone else's studio. Um, mm. Often, you know, places some, I did a lot of stuff with stop motion animators yep. uh, early on. So renting a corner of, of their studio space and mm. um, yeah so, so there definitely be challenges with shared shared areas where you've mm. got other things going on and making sure I guess times in and out and making sure you don't overlap and yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah I mean I use my double garage for, for a while you know and, and my parents house as well so yeah it was <laughs> borrowing spaces from people basically yeah um, and even when it was my own the house, you know, was sort of uh, shared it with my wife. <laughs> Can I have the uh, double garage for a while and do some fiberglassing in there, which um, <laughs> went down real well. Yeah, wears thin pretty quickly. Yeah, a bit of compromise along the way. Absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, I would assume that you, looking back now, you would have had to go through all those different scenarios and moments to actually get to the point that you're in now. Like you, it was just Absolutely. there were necessities that you sure. had to experience. It, it's an evolution, you yeah. know, and there's this, yeah, you, you, you can't build a big studio and expect to to fill it you've got to sort of evolve to a point where it's worth doing that yeah Yeah. it certainly doesn't happen overnight it's a big step yeah absolutely yeah Uh, and so so especially in this in this industry you know it can be very fickle at times Mm -hmm. so it is a massive commitment a really big step um yeah and it took us a while to get there but Mm. you know and even in the early days when we first started uh odd studio well when we first started there was actually five of us it wasn't just damien and myself uh the five became three pretty quickly and then um the three of us yeah we sort of ran odd studio together for maybe, maybe eight years or something. Eight, seven eight years yeah. and then sort of went our separate ways and it's become dean and, and myself and we've got a a bunch of technicians and, and friends that um work with us you know almost regularly very regularly um mm. depending on the uh, projects we have on but it um yeah, it, it's definitely an evolution. It's taken it's taken a while to get mm. where we are now. Yeah. So, do you have any permanent staff apart from both of you owning the business, or are they more contract contractors that come in and out and assist on projects? But there's a couple that I would say are permanent staff, absolutely, and yeah. then uh, above that, yeah, it's contractors. Mm. Something like um, something like Alien Covenant, we at our peak had 45 people um, in in the creature shop. Um, Something like Little Monsters we just worked on with Abe. I think we're oh boy, uh, that's six to eight. Yeah, yeah. Um, six to eight for most of it. Mad Max yeah. was about that. You yeah, know, it yeah. really depends on the project. Yeah, um, ten. Yeah, yeah, but you need. We just have to because, as Adam said, you know, it's a, it's fickle. You know, mm. we are kind of niche. You know, yeah. every 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 film has a costume designer, but not every film has prosthetics or, yeah. or specialized props and models or yeah, creature, yeah, creature effects, creature, so. Creature effects. So it's hard to it's hard to employ someone full-time and permanent mm. and give them you the guarantee to, be able to expand and contract and yeah that's yeah. right yeah keep it fluid which is quite quite yeah. beneficial yes in, in certain i certain think ways, it's necessary yeah. for us to be able to yeah expand and contract you know as a company um mm. from a from a talent pool point of view because i mean i don't know anyone that i've ever met 
that has worked in prosthetics or anything in special effects and whatnot. And you both mentioned like it's it's this niche industry. Yeah. Um, how do you, I mean, obviously you build networks over the years and whatnot, but do you have like a talent pool of people or is there a particular sort of recruitment network that handles sort of special effects that you tap into and search for people or you put an ad out there? How's that work? Uh, we, we do have a, a, a network. It's a pretty yeah. small network, yeah. Um, yeah. especially local, yeah. Aussie, but uh, yeah, we've got we've got a really good core team yeah. so up to 10 people mm. 15 people that we could you know call upon and they're not always available there's obviously mm. multiple productions going on so we may not be able to um, to bring them on our project if they're already working somewhere else but um, yeah in addition to that yeah it can get tricky for yeah. sure I mean yeah. you've got New Zealand quite close by but those guys are always mm. really busy at Weta and, um, mm. and then you look abroad as well there's a lot of people uh, coming out of colleges and, and things that are yeah. at that sort of entry level mm. juniors that are really keen to sort of get in mm. and um, people going sideways from makeup careers or model make or you know theatre or puppet people that, that want to go sideways mm. um, so we're really regularly contacted by by people yeah um, I think it's important to to yeah sort of mention we don't just do prosthetics and, no, and creature effects. Yeah. There is model making and costume work yeah, and, and puppets and things like that as well. And that, that covers a, a few different industries. It's, I guess it's entertainment industry, mm. really. Um, and yeah, as Damien mentioned, there are people that have been working in theatre for a while that mm. want to have a go. And, and then the, the disciplines are fairly similar, you know, the processes mm. are kind of, you know, mm. are, are pretty similar. I started off working four years at a company that built animatronic puppets for theme park rides. Um, that's how I started yeah before uh, I got into uh, film Um, always wanted to get into film and was always obsessed with movies and creatures but um, yeah theme park rides and things were what I started out doing and then yeah is um, I I don't even know what sort of qualifications you go through as far as experience and whatnot. but does um, does on the job or hands on experience is that far more valuable if you guys are looking rather than somebody who's gone through the theoretical sort of progression uh yeah, well, I mean, yes, hands-on, yeah. but, but the, even someone who's passionately taught themselves and has mm. built a portfolio. Um, we get contacted by a lot of people who say, I really want to do makeup effects. Like, cool, what have you done? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, well, nothing. Well, nothing, okay, but well, I'm really into it. So why not? What's your favourite character? Um, you know, oh, I don't know. Both, like, both um... of us were making things <laughs> in their bedrooms, uh, in our bedrooms, without the internet, without yeah. access to tutorials, without the... the amazing amount of information and educational resources that are out there now you know yeah you go down and use books it, yeah. from the, the US and Fangoria Mag had come and, through and you know yeah, all that sort of just, stuff just um, pouring through them trying to glean every bit of you know information movie and, and magic doing that videos. stuff in your bedroom that's it so and then now it's so much easier well absolutely yeah, 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 yeah we, we didn't have incredible. that incredible <laughs> uh, and we didn't have access to the materials that you know we no. saw coming out of the states or all the things we were researching at the time so I think that's a huge advantage uh, here as well. We, we, would, we taught ourselves to sort of use industrial materials and things like that and mm-hmm. sort of tweak them to, yep. you know, create these kind of lifelike things. But, yeah, Damien's right. I was always sort of sculpting something at home or drawing. Mm. I, used to draw, I used to draw a lot more than I do. Actually, I don't draw now. But as a kid, I would draw a lot. Um, and just also playing with, you know, Star Wars figurines and mm. things. My imagination was always pretty crazy but these yeah. days yeah you do get that you get a lot of people going this is all I've ever wanted to do yeah. you go cool what have you done it's like well nothing yet but big dreams but not but much it's, more it's kind <laughs> of the motivation and the, the yeah, you know the, the will has to result in work you yeah. know you should if you want to make you, there's no excuse not to be making mm. it really isn't and money's not an obstacle because shit we used to do stuff on it with no money, you know. Well, it, <laughs> you know, yeah. As a, as a if anything, teenager. it's probably an advantage because you put into into a into a pigeonhole where you, you're so limited on what you can do that you're forced to have to be creative to try and make something of what you've got. Mm, rather yeah. than now, there's so many options out there, yeah. and you're used to having everything at your fingertips, yeah. instantaneous yeah, yeah. straight away. And, and you see so, people using X to do something, yeah. and you think oh, I've got to use that. But but when you just don't even know where to get that, it just makes you resourceful and you. Yeah. Oh, I think that might be that or this might be similar to that maybe I can make that work And uh, so you're seeing more of that now when, when you're interacting with people that are showing interest in the industry that um, there's that, that lack of sort of resourcefulness 
in the early stages no, no, or not, not really it's just, just you, every once in a while yeah. you see yeah, it yeah every so often I think I've always seen it yeah there's always been it's people a, who said I really want to do yeah. this and, and aren't yeah um, I feel like there's more people trying to get in yeah. now than when, certainly when Absolutely. we were sort of starting out. And, and people of our age that, that are in the industry still are, are really big fanboys and, mm. and nerds, kind of, you know. Um, and now I feel like there's a lot, there's more people going, I think that'd be cool to do, yeah. you yeah. know, as opposed to being obsessed with monsters or creatures yeah. as, a, as a kid, you know, mm. uh, as we were. But um, no, I think it changes. You know, we still meet people and, and, and we go, wow, that that was me you know that, that yeah. person has really just there's a whole I would rather see a portfolio full of uh, unfinished sculpts um, mm. that, that people have done uh, rather than a folio of someone that's gone to a college and only just done what was required yeah. of that course I can see that module that module yeah, that yeah. module tick, okay tick, what have tick, you tick. done since you left and college yeah, you know, nothing okay why not there's yeah. you know, 50 why? folios that look like that and it's kind of that you know yeah, it kind yeah. of got to stand out so yeah. as I said I'd rather see you know someone 10 unfinished sculpts because they don't yeah. know how to mold them yeah, and but it doesn't. They, they, but they've they, made they that effort. Keep you can see yeah, that yeah. yeah. It's yeah. not even about quality to learn at that how to point. Mold, right. you know? so yeah, I'm it. not looking for quality. I'm looking for just yeah, an interest, like a real passion there. But there's uh, some incredible, there's some fantastic people. Mm. You know? And and you mentioned it's something that's increasing. It's emerging. It's an emerging sort of area. Uh, look, I think I think it is. I think social media mm. uh, is one thing you know whether uh, it's more visible and those people were doing stuff in their bedroom but now they're posting and yeah and i don't know people. yeah there's a lot of youtube people out there doing stuff and it's certainly easier to find now that you can google it than, yeah. you know what i mean yeah it's absolutely approached them mm. back, back yeah. when we were doing it it's like how the hell do i find someone to get a foot in the door but, do you think things like um sort of TV series and things like Game of Thrones and all that kind of stuff's probably brought a, another sort of spotlight to this mm. this sort of segment as well whereas uh, I mean yeah. it's always been movies and, and all that yeah. sort of stuff yeah. there but it seems to be like this um, this heavy digestion of, of content where people are just binge watching these HBO and these Netflix series and whatnot. Yeah, I think that's definitely, yes, yeah. you're right. That, that's yeah. definitely changed. The, the ability year. to just yeah, watch yeah. Yeah, a yeah. whole heap of different things. But there was always, you know, there's always Doctor Who's and always, you know, yeah. V yeah. and there's always yeah. been... You know, we came through on a certain generation of monster films and yeah. one, of, one about, you know, Emily who, who works with us all the time. Um, Doctor Who is her... It's her, her thing. Yeah, yeah that's her, it's her yeah. Star Wars. You know. Yeah, right. and okay. Like, cool. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> and she, she's the she's she's become permanent uh, here. And and her folio when she you know I remember she was sending emails. I was corresponding with her for about six months before she came in and said, hey. Um, and her folio really stood out mm. from everyone else's. Mm. It just um, the quality was already there. I could really see it. But there was that passion and there was something. Uh, beyond saying I love all this stuff, you could see that. Well, yeah, she really does love Doctor Who. She yeah. had done personal projects, Doctor Who characters, um, and that started off with work experience for a while, and then it went into employment. So yeah, it, it, you yeah. know, it does happen. But there's, yeah, there are. A lot, I think there are a lot of people uh, that think this is what they want to do or perhaps like the idea of it perceive the, yeah. the idea of this yeah. is really yeah. uh, glamorous and it's nice thing to put really against their name yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, mm. how do you guys market yourselves in this industry because I mean looking online on your website and you've got a number of different areas and not only sort of uh movies and television and such but you're doing commercials you're doing other things as well on the way and you've mentioned a couple of other facets of the business how do you I mean how do you guys put yourself out there to attract clients? Obviously, there's networking with existing people that you've worked with in the past, and that mm. will lead to opportunities through reputation and whatnot. Mm. But, um, I mean, I saw I saw one example in, in the portfolio on the website, and I, I laughed at it because it was um, it was subtle makeup for insurance ads, yep. I think. Yep. Yep. And, and I mean, oh, I'll have to dig into that a little bit because I want to know what kind of briefs you guys get for something like yeah. that. Oh, but yeah. um, how do you guys market yourselves into different pockets and different segments uh, look, maybe, maybe not well enough <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of, I mean word of mouth and, and return return business is a huge part of it yep. yeah yeah. I mean that, that would be you know the thing working with directors and yep. uh, producers that you've worked with before and you build relationships with I mean that mm. can't be beaten yep. Yep. Um, but certainly social media has taken mm. you know mm. has changed the uh, landscape yep. marketing landscape for all of us you mm. know going back you know five ten years um so 
I mean, it, it, it's good and bad mm. that goes along with that. But I think it uh, it's allowed. It, it sort of made the world a smaller place. So yeah. our company, all the way down here in Australia, has been noticed. Um, you know, everywhere mm. uh, because we've built relationships with people. People sharing their work and yeah. us sharing our work online. Um, and then there's you know from that goes uh, you know trade shows that you know we've attended you know in, in LA and thing and London things like that so meeting other artists um, and there's also you know co-productions so you know mm. productions coming over here yep. and knowing about us because of our social yep. media um, presence uh, and then yeah mm. it's at the end of the day though it is you still do it's got to be more than that you still have to uh, have relationships with people mm. you know but that that's a good way to meet people it, it really is um there's a lot of negative stuff and you know horrible nasty trolly shit out there yeah um but there's a, a lot of good points about it and it has allowed us to meet you know great artists in spain and, yeah. and sweden and you know all over the, the globe so. i guess having sort of different niches in these different pockets would help i guess build stronger networks like if you were providing a service or a product that was so general that would appeal to the majority of the population, it'd be a lot harder to build really strong networks with people, I, I would assume anyway, mm. because everyone sort of understands that they're in a niche. They'd probably, I think you'd build tighter bonds with people and you'd find that you'd just out of necessity because of the number of opportunities, you would just be sometimes working with people again and again anyway on various projects. So no doubt that would organically sort of get you to a point where you're getting return return business and yeah yeah mm. yeah that's right so it's yeah I mean they're, they're the main ones I guess there's advertising and production books and things like that but um, so with the with commercials mm. would you guys get approached by like some sort of marketing agency or an agent or something like that that uh, might have oh, I've got a client or yeah generally it could, it could be, it could be either, either the agency yeah. come directly to us generally speaking it's a, it's a client will go mm. to an agency the agency will find a production company the production company will find us right okay but often a client will go to an agency the agency yep. may come directly to us there's a number of different ways yeah, yeah but um, for a commercial generally speaking it would be through a production company yeah. who, uh, you know, and there are there are lots out there, and we've worked with, with lots of them. Um, but we've also built relationships with the agency as well. Mm. So uh, you may work for different directors and different production companies, and it's the same agency on a few of them. And yeah. you know, mm. just done that for a while. And, and you, where you're bought into the yeah the line, it's the line, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. and often we're, um, you know, we've been doing it for a little while now and um, built up a reputation within the commercial world as well. So mm. we'll often see our work pop up in treatments. A director's yeah. treatment will wow. use some of our work as, as reference or something. Um, you know, we're sort of, at the moment, just before you came in, we're having a chat to, you know, uh, a director and producer about that. So sort of, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, it's generally production company, agency. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah cool. And... Um, I won't spend too much time on it, but I'm just curious about this insurance thing because I was, <laughs> I was looking at this thing because you've got so many impressive pieces of work on the website in your portfolio. And then I see this one and I had to take a couple of looks and I'm going, it, it is exactly what you guys have written. It's this subtle change. But oh, I, I know the one you mean. Yeah, I think there's two examples and there's a lady and I think there's a guy in there as well, potentially, I think. I could be wrong. But um, what sort of brief do you get or something along the lines of that? Like where... What's the request there to, to briefly or subtly change the look of this this person? Um, it was a better you, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a, it was a booper commercial. I think, uh, well, so I guess one thing we might mention is we love creatures and monsters and yeah, things like that. Yeah. But I think Damien and I have always loved and find it, it's the most challenging kind of makeup effects. It's, it's coming from sort of like our love, you know, Dick Smith, doing incredibly realistic... Um, Subtle, whether it be aging or character, you know, changing mm. someone's nose or so, mm. doing doing a makeup that goes undetected. Yeah. It's like our favourite thing mm. to do. It sounds funny. Love working on Alien. Love making yeah. xenomorphs yeah. and things like that. But um, fooling someone is it's, it's essentially what we what yeah. we do, right? Yeah. So, um, so that particular campaign or or any aging campaign. No, that's okay. Um, yeah. Uh, the the yeah the, the brief the director was um, uh, very keen to it was basically if you met if you met uh, 
an unhealthy version of yourself. Okay. You know, and that initial yeah. meeting yeah. between healthy you and an unhealthy you, yeah. uh, the impact that would have and the changes you'd make in your lifestyle. Right. Okay. So. Um, so we that was the brief and we yeah. approached it in a way that uh, actually we went both ways on a couple of characters but generally speaking you'd cast someone that was fit mm. and then with subtle changes to their, their look and it might be weight but not mm. necessarily weight it may be you know we did we tired on tired eyes yeah. Yeah. some wonky slightly inflamed for the dental work so the yeah. teeth were a bit or this, or the particular lady was had spent too much time in the sun yep. without sunscreen. Yeah. Things like that. It didn't have to be weight, but the the one that you're referring to uh, was weight. It was just, mm. it was not making her fat. That no. was not the thing. It was just making her look not as healthy as yep. her fit self. Mm. Uh, and that was a that was a great challenge. I love that. I love that campaign. By the way, it's still one of my favourite ones we've done because it is. Um, I, I think it works. You know, uh, the moment where the healthy version sees a slightly fatter version. Mm. Yeah, it, it, it's good. And they were very, very subtle pieces. Uh, that one you're talking about yeah. was three pieces, cheeks and a little double chin. Um, and then some coloration around the eye. Well, I had to do a couple of, like, scroll backs up. I'm, like, looking at it because it was in contrast with all this other stuff that what you guys do is extreme. It's extreme. <laughs> and then I went back and I'm going... Going and, on there. Yeah, there's yeah. like this, like, I don't know, there's a guy with his jaw half ripped off and everything. And the next one, and the next one, a couple down, it's like this really subtle thing. I'm like, maybe they haven't put the after shot here yet. I'm like, okay, oh. so it was really and, that's, cool. and that's the thing that that really subtle, really challenging thing gets like, you know, 100 likes, but there's like <laughs> 20,000 likes on a severed head. Yeah. <laughs> but, but as you said before, that's something that you're obviously interested in because it's a challenge because you've got to. You've got to make it realistic. You've yeah, got to yeah. make it so natural yeah, yeah. that people don't really you can't notice. can't bury it in blood. You can't. No. It's not a creature <laughs> you where you yourself. say it's a monster mm. and no one can say that's wrong. Yeah. Because if you do a subtle prosthetic or an aging, we, we sort of know what right is. We know what, yeah. what's re- what real is. We know what what, it, what the human anatomy and face looks like. And when, it, when it's not right, everyone, you can see it. Yeah. You know, so fooling yeah. everyone. And, and they're the ones who do for your peers as well yeah they're yeah they're the ones that the, the other yeah our peers are sort of like yeah nice one man that's great or, or we're the same it's like wow that's an amazing makeup beautiful man and it's a, it's a nose you know but you know the challenges you know, yeah, absolutely yeah, well there's nowhere to hide close to it and, and, and yeah that's like, cool yeah, there's nowhere to hide so it's sort of yeah we've done a couple like that we we, we uh, aged a a young boy to like, I think like 14 from yeah, 11 or something yeah like it? 3 years which was like literally just sort of squaring off his jaw a little bit and then the, you know incredibly smooth Takes skin there's no wrinkles wow. there's nothing there's no coloration where you can sort of hide the edges it's right there and, and yeah Years uh, gone by, you probably just cast another kid that just look that just looked did. similar. They did. Yeah. They had, they had I remember the brother who was back like in the day. sixteen, yeah. and they had the brother who was eleven, but they just wanted a bridging point in between the yeah. two. Yeah, yeah. for the morph, that, yeah. That, yeah. That, that subtle masculinity, yeah, know, strengthening of the jaw, the boyish sort of chin going away, that that sort of sold that that morph. Um, Mm. So, yeah, there's nowhere to hide. Makeups where there's not really anywhere to hide. No, really challenging. Do you guys? I mean. Obviously, there's that passion and going back to sort of creatures and a lot of sort of sci-fi stuff in the earlier days. Going into this sort of pocket is, I mean, are you guys, what are you guys leveraging off as far as, I mean, just practical experience of trying things out, trial and error, or are you guys upskilling yourselves to try and, and your team to try and get more sort of realistic, natural work? Like, because it's a oh, different, it's a different yeah, kettle of fish yeah. altogether. Yeah, to, yeah. Well, uh, both. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's both. It's, uh, you can't buy experience. So it's yeah. Yeah, trial and error, um, making lots of mistakes. R&D in-house. Yeah. Yep. It's trying to stay up, up to date with what's happening globally. Yep. Like how how mm. are people doing things? And what are they using? Mm. Hmm. Um, but it's yeah. also the change in, in, in film and digital. Yep. Um, mm. The clarity, the, the, there's nowhere to hide. Mm. Everything is on show. Yep. Uh, so uh, in terms of practical effects and in-camera effects mm. um, and makeup effects, it really, we did all have to st- step up. Mm. You know, um, yeah, you can see 
someone's contact lens these days. Like yeah. you, you can certainly mm. see an edge if it's mm. if there's a dodgy makeup or if the color coloration's not quite right. Mm. So there there was a real change from um, back in the day of Dick Smith with the you know foam latex, which is mm. an opaque yeah. sort of appliance, blending on the skin. So it did go into translucent materials like silicon and. Um, before silicon, there was gelatins and you know, lots of uh, trial and error. And it, it um, yeah, there really is. Everyone's had to up their game. Um, and that'd be a combination of obviously improvements to materials and technology and whatnot, but also the demand from the audience. Like I'm yes. sure that the audience just demands more. They yeah. demand things to be realistic. They demand a high quality, and they're comparing everything to everything Absolutely. else that's out there. Yeah, yeah, and it's not just. Uh, materials that have improved but you know you can't the, the sculpt needs more detail every sculpt needs more mm. details or the coloring needs more layering and everything needs just to it's just uh, needs more depth and yep. and and yeah layering i guess is, yeah. is the best way of describing it because you really are seeing that sort of poor level um hyper realism is a word that's thrown around a lot yep. these days yep. but it, it it does kind of capture what everyone kind of needs to do it, yep. it yeah. needs to yeah you can see every pore mm-hmm. every little line mm-hmm. you know every you need blemish to be able to hold it up to your face the real thing to your face and, and, and kind of believe it in the flesh and as you said it's it's it's, 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 it's kind of fooling people you want to be able to trick people into yeah. making them believe that what they're seeing is, is real it. you know yeah. at, the, at the end of the day we're part of a of storytelling you know of, of, of telling a story a film yep. and creating yep. characters um, so you don't want to take people outside of that world. You want to just blend seamlessly and, and just let people, you know, be immersed in the in the story. Yeah, we're, we're part of that. Mm. Yeah, the best kind of makeup, makeup effects, is the one that really goes unnoticed. That's that's kind of the truth. Yeah, you know? or you just, or you just, yeah, even if it is like wow, it's out there. You just kind of accept it because it's, yep. it's yeah, that's cool. Um, so, given all the different things that you guys do. Is there a certain standard that you guys put in place as far as the type of work that you take on? So in, I hate the term cherry picking, but do you, are you guys quite selective of the type of work based off, not so much the, I guess the prestige of it or the cost involved, but I guess, you know, you've got to factor in a lot of things, resources and time, but no doubt, do you guys get a lot of projects that might not seem worth your worth your time due to very, not, varying not, reasons? Not that uh, it's not worth our time it's uh, if we can't uh, for me anyway if we I think for both of us if we can't deliver a product we'll be satisfactory mm. satisfied with yep or we're going to have to compromise to meet often the deadline mm. um, I, don't, I don't like to take it on like if, uh, yeah, I think the deadlines are bit budget budgets are just all over the place. Yep, you know, yep. rarely do we get the budget we re- <laughs> require yeah. or, or ask. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I think, uh, uh, and we we do we help our you know young filmmakers with projects mm. and effects that you know they they can't afford, mm. but uh, you know at the end of the day we're we're, we're you know doing a passion about mm. it, but we have a, a standard that we need to meet every time. And Damien and I wouldn't on studio we wouldn't want to be involved with something where you put out a half-baked whatever it may be and then it's linked back to you guys obviously yeah of course yeah, yeah. yeah. um i mean that is why we sort of do it mm. you know we, we love doing it um uh, so i think i think poor time frame is the is is you know if the budget isn't there but mm. it's something that's really interesting yep. um mm. and it's a great story a great character or something that we maybe haven't done for a while mm. or haven't done at all i'd be like yeah cool let's sort of invest some time into that yeah. um and it is that it's an investment but if it's well there's no real time for that and there's no money and then it's kind of like well we know we're not going to produce something that's going to be satisfactory yeah, yeah. so the, we can do something that's okay in that time and, it's, and that doesn't really no it just doesn't us. reflect well you know so here it, like, it'd be like going to a, a, a musician yeah. and going can you you know neil young or so whoever yeah. and just, can you just fart out you know something you know and <laughs> a song a song i don't think i can write something good enough for me in that time oh it doesn't matter yeah. It's like, no, it doesn't. No, it yeah, does. Yeah, absolutely. No, it does. I do yeah, it because you know. I love doing yeah, yeah. this. It's not because... No, you don't need to rehearse. Just just go on stage and play it. It's like, no, I do need to rehearse because I don't want to look like a dick when I mm. get up there and... And a lot of a lot of people talk about sometimes it's more important to say no than to say yes to things. Like to be able to to be able to really sort of focus on what's the most important thing for what you do, your craft and your business yeah. and whatnot. Have you guys found that over the 14, 15 years of the business running that yes... 
not that you're proactively saying no to a lot more people, but you're you're making those decisions, those type of decisions. Whereas probably earlier in the piece, you were saying yes to a lot more stuff to just try and build it. And that's a fair assumption. Yeah, yeah. at the start we were literally taking on yeah. absolutely everything, yeah. even yeah. pushing into areas that weren't necessarily things we wanted to do. Or wanted or to do. Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you'd find um, a steep learning curve because you yeah. sort of need to pay rent and mm. and do it. But but I, I I don't know that we. I think we've been fortunate enough to be busy enough mm. to to not so much cherry pick but we've been fortunate enough to be busy yeah, so we right. actually yeah. can't you physically just cannot do yeah, it. yeah yeah, yeah. And, and it might be that you you can't but because it's an amazing job you just go all out and make mm. it happen mm. but um yeah yeah it's not that we have the luxury of oh yeah. No, I'm not that one. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not precious like that. Yeah. We wouldn't yeah, be yeah. like, you know, we wouldn't sit here and do twiddle our thumbs, but and just turn down something we thought but, we were above. Yeah. Not at all. Not at no, Damien and I. I think that's the thing about Odd Studio as well. Being directors, we are, we are incredibly hands-on. We, at, at the moment, it's just the two of us. Just come back from Christmas break, and mm. it's just the two of us, and we're both just out there making stuff. Yeah. We just love making stuff yeah. so yeah we're not we're not fussy like that no, no I think it's not in that way yeah. not in that way yeah so the connection that I've got to being here is through uh, a good friend of mine Adrian who drums in the band Low and they have done a couple of video clips with you guys involved um, and I'm going to link them online in the show notes for this episode so people can check them out if they haven't already but I mean and we won't spend a lot of time on it but can you guys give me just a bit of an insight as to what was involved for both of those clips? Because when I look at it without knowing anything about the industry or skills involved to do it, I, I just went to Adrian and said, where the hell did you guys manage to, to pull this off? This is, <laughs> this is above anything that I've ever seen from a band, like, you know, a Sydney band. Like, yeah, you know, it's fantastic. Yeah, so yeah. what uh, kind of things were involved for, mm-hmm. for the clips? Uh, well, well, maybe we'll share the first one. I'll pass over to Damon. He can sort of talk that yep. one through, and I'll, I'll have a chat about the, I mean, for, the second one. For both of them, they uh, we we were involved in the execution, hmm. but they they both start out with ideas. So, yeah, and and you know Adrian being in production and and that sort of film side of yeah and um, filmmaking side of things. I think he starts off in a strong position to call on. Yeah. people to shoot it and people you know directors yeah. with ideas and all that sort of stuff so I think that's that's a, a big part of why it's like wow it makes you know, it easier as well yes, you know, yeah. you've got that, that artistic base to call mm. on um, mm. and those resources I mean, mm. for us the, the, the first one the brief yeah oh it's really bad I can't remember the name of the songs I'm sorry Adrian yeah sorry uh, Adrian <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um, insert here yeah the lead singer coming out of, out of yeah, yeah a, a vat of pink goo yep um, so for that well, you know can you make a vat of pink goo um, so they made the vat and I think we made oh, oh. I want to say 80 or 100 litres of of pink Pink goo uh, that was the right sort of yeah, viscosity, viscosity and the opacity, so that yeah, it sort yeah. of hung on him and and um, yeah. I think it was a couple of years going back. I think it was a couple of years before that where we first met Adrian. I first met him on a uh, an aging job it was yep. for BT Super, and um, yeah, we really hit it off well there. Um, saw him wearing a Russian circles shirt, yeah. and then I went and we did a, a, a zombie thing with 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 Matt and Adrian, um, and that was really fun. And then it was yeah. after that, it was like, hey, hey, dudes, I've got this idea, you know, <laughs> and that was the one. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was. It was just a big vat of um, yeah. What did yeah. you do? What did you use again? Uh, that was methicel based um, slime, uh, which is kind of like what it's used as a food thickener, and um, and I think KY jelly is is sort of based on that. Yeah, um, right. So yeah, would you have to go through tests beforehand just to sort of yeah, test? We yeah, we make up small batches and, yeah. and sort of go, how's this thickness? And I was literally like scooping it up and videoing it dropping off my hand and sending those to Adrian you know, okay like, cool what yeah. do you think of this sort of thickness what do you think of this colour and here's another opacity and they sort of got there and it's uh, yeah it's just small test small test and then you scale that up into manufacturing hundreds of litres of it and, mm. and I've, I'm pretty sure that both songs are pretty short in length they're not they long are, songs yeah, yeah. but when I look at it, I can. I'm just ha- taking a stab in the dark here. There would have been a lot of time put into both of those videos. Yeah. Um, even the concept, the concept with the first song. I'm trying to look it up now. I'm trying to multitask here to get those song titles. But um, Orca, 
I think was yes, the first yes, one. Yeah, that's yes, right. Yes, yeah. That's right. Um, like the concept that. seems simple, but it, yeah. But no doubt there would have been quite a bit of time put into it, as you said, prep but, work and whatnot. By yeah, everyone, but even you know, filming yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, I think they shot it in a day because you know you kind of got to. Um, yeah. The second and, and one. And the late, the latest one. So, so yeah. yeah. That 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 concept, Adrian Chain. Yeah, I chatted to Adrian um, a couple of months before we did that one. That concept changed a few times. Mm. It wasn't what we ended up with um, initially. It was um, it was always kind of Cronenberg-ish and yeah. and sort of Giger-ish, I guess. In in you know sort of sexual weird nature, yeah. but it wasn't that um, at, at first. But for that particular one, where it ended up, yeah, it was really, it was really cool. There was, it was a lot more went into that. Mm. Um, that was, that was prosthetics and makeup effects, um, as opposed to the, the slime element. Uh, it was a shorter song, mm. um, but uh, yeah, thankfully it, it, it was shorter. It, it, what's that? Sorry? Thankfully it was shorter. Just given, it's given pretty intense. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> intense. But it was incredibly intense. Well, yeah, if, you, if you've seen it, you've mm. seen that they lose their features and they kind of eventually morph into the the one being. But um, in terms of you know practically for us making the prosthetics and and, and doing the effects, it was uh, it was really intense on mm. the actors. They were we were literally covering. It, it's couldn't. not digital. We are covering up their mouth. We are covering up their eyes. We're covering up their. So ears. it's just like hold your breath for the next take. Yeah, just, they, they <laughs> did have nostrils to slay. So there was a little bit of digital uh, covering up of, of, of nostrils, but um, yeah, it's basically starts off in a car as you know, and yeah, you know, just goes into this weird. Yeah, but that final stage, they were entirely completely covered. blind with yeah. no mouths. Well, it's it's great because I remember watching the start of it, going, "Oh yeah, where's this going?" Yeah, and then just suddenly it's like, "Oh, hang on, hang on." I thought, "Oh," and it was and it was borderline like. I'm half disgusted by it, mm. but at the same time, nothing's really happening that's, no, that's right. disgusting mm. as such, and it's just this really creepy, Great odd test. thing that, yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, there's just something really cool about it, and yeah. um, but I just, yeah, messaging the guys and just going, where the hell did you guys pull this off? This is absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, it was yeah. great. Where, yeah, it was a great idea. Where they pulled it off is here and the, and the, <laughs> and the <laughs> dead end. Just oh, right. The okay, there you go. Literally walking. <laughs> We'd, they'd come back here. we put the next stage on, like yeah. covering. Yeah, yeah we literally had to off. break down the, you know, no, in explaining it. Yeah. It was all shot in a day, yeah. Pretty mental. Both actors. Um, but I was sort of working it out with Adrian. It's like, okay, I think this is, you know, reveal is them kissing and then mm. we go, you know, they lose their eyes. That's going to take this long. You mm. know, the makeup will take that long and then they shoot that, come back here, they will knock off an ear and a mouth and that'll take so, this long. So and you had it completely structured throughout the day yeah. so you knew yeah. at this time to come we, back and add this yes, and change this. We knew how long each each uh, makeup transition would take. Yeah. Um, and there's yeah. nothing to shoot while we're doing the makeup changes. They're yeah. just sitting there twiddling thumbs. <laughs> yeah, that, that, <laughs> the whole thing is literally those guys you yeah. know yeah. Um, so yeah it was a bit of a ball terror of a day yeah. <laughs> but it was uh, yeah it's great love it's the, love, love, and yeah as I said you know close friends with Adrian and love working with him it was a cool concept so really yeah. cool concept yeah. um, so I'm keeping on the time but um, maybe just what are some of the things that you guys are currently working on because I mentioned just before we started recording you've got some Star Wars stuff going next door oh yeah that, or whether you can mention that or that's, <laughs> that's the guys that do the Empire Strip back Empire um, Strip Back, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. worth looking up. Um, yep. Definitely. Uh, burlesque Star Wars. Um, they've been touring f- doing the show for a while now, and they're about to perform again in um, that state theatre, I think, in mm. March. Okay, cool. Uh, Russell, Russell Beatty's doing that, and uh, yeah. we, we, we created a, a chewy suit for, for the show. Yep. Um, uh, so yeah, well, I mean, we've literally just come back this year, so we've got a few smaller projects on uh, previous years. Um, well, you know, last year was um, well, the year before that was Alien, Pacific Rim, Alien Covenant, Pacific Rim Two, um, and then end of last year we did we shot a zombie movie for mm. Abe Forsyth um, called Little Monsters, yep. and that was a lot of fun. Great script, fun. Um, yeah. really funny, uh, good great Aussie, crew. great crew. Uh, so we sort of literally finished that at Chrissy. So you've kind of got kind of got a bit of a clean slate going into the new year, apart from a small couple of small projects. That's right. Going on. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, meetings and and a few smaller projects we have on, but yeah, that's cool. That's good. And um, I guess the evolution of the business getting it up to where it is now um, is the goal moving forward to maintain what you have, or is it to expand it? Is it to branch out into other areas, or is it just 
I mean, have you have you found your groove now, and and you've got where you've got what you've needed to get to? Uh, we want to keep evolving yeah. in terms of of learning and, and evolving our craft. Yep. Um, we're also as technologies change, you, 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 I it wouldn't make any sense to be like, oh, okay, let's put our feet that, up yeah? now. Yeah, no, we've, no, we've, yeah, we've got yeah. this sussed because uh, that doesn't work like that, um, no. and we don't want to be like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, in, in some degree, to some sorry, to some degree. Um, yeah, where we are, we have built up a, a, a family of friends and hmm. um, colleagues, and we really feel like we've got a, a, a nice place here to work. So yeah, keep getting those projects in and hmm. keeping those crew members employed, yeah. uh, and expanding in terms of yeah technologies, technologies and things like that. Yeah, product development, you know. Yeah, just the nature of the business. You're always going to have to continue to change things and improve and whatnot. Too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's an evolving yeah. thing. Yeah. So. yeah, and there's always branching out into something else. You know, embracing more digital design. Yeah. Um, uh, 3D product, printing. You know, you we know. developed a, yeah. a life casting silicon, which is available through Barnes, and we'll be well, bringing out another iteration of that hopefully soon. Uh, yeah, probably. You know, bringing out some more consumer. It's uh, stuff, yeah. Maybe in the future. Yeah, um, right. Okay, cool. But yeah, but we just whatever it is, we want to just be hands-on making. Yeah, that's kind of yep. that's why we got into this. That's you know, right. Hard thing is, we're business owners now as well as that. So <laughs> you got to um, you got to deal with the mundane. Mm, yeah, 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 well. yeah, yeah. yeah. So if yeah. we don't get to make stuff, then it, yeah, yeah. We get grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I want to be out there making something. I should be sculpting now. Let me out of the office. Yeah, oh, that's really cool. Well, look, thanks, guys. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, thanks guys. Andy. Thank yeah. you. Thanks, folks. If you want to reach out to Damien and Adam of Odd Studio, you can go over to oddstudio.com or you can go to andysocial.net. Um, plenty of things to check out in the show notes there. I've got links to, um, I've got a showreel in there, a bunch of YouTube stuff. I've got the two low videos in there as well as links to low, so you can check out low and their music um, as well as all the Odd Studio links and everything that uh, that Adam and Damien are a part of. It's just really far out. Like, I mean, what an incredible couple of guys and just like what they do is just it's just top tier it's just next level it's just it's really really cool and um yeah certainly look up to what they do it's really really cool now before we wrap it up um if you want to shout me a beer go over to andysocial.net click on the shout me a beer page or button and that takes you over to paypal.me how sneaky of me and you can uh, throw me a couple of cents 50 cents a dollar whatever it is and that will go towards a beer because you know what I, i drink beer and so i need beer money and uh the less money of my own that I spend on beer, the more money I've got to supply and support this podcast. So shout me a beer if you feel generous. Please go over there. Um, there's merch as well. You can go and buy my merch. There's an anti-social, uh, a couple of anti-social t-shirts, and there's a USB flash drive for the first 100 episodes of the Antisocial Podcast. You can go over there. Um, Amazon portal. If you shop on Amazon, you can click on the portal link from antisocial.net, and I get a small cut from whatever you choose to order. Really, really cool. And thank you so much to everyone that uses those links and supports the podcast. It means a hell of a lot. Now, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. We're back 2018. I rambled on far too much in the intro of this episode, but um, lots of exciting episodes to come. I felt compelled to reveal who next week's guest is, but I'm not going to bother doing that. But just rest assured, uh, the next few weeks of guests, far out. The next this next 12 months of guests are going to be incredible. So stay tuned. I'm going to be back next week, next Thursday. Um, keep supporting the podcast. Spread the word. It means a hell of a lot to me. And um, just thank you so much for, for everything you guys do. All right. Enough. See you. You're ready. You're ready.